Hey guys, welcome to the Self-Evident Podcast. It is Sunday night, 7 p.m. I'm going to let you all get settled in. We've got a great show tonight talking about um, outlaw conservatism, what it means to be an outlaw conservative. Before we get into that, I've got some announcements to make, but before I even get into the announcements, <laughs> I have the amazing, the beautiful, the awesome, the powerful, the better half of Massey Campos here. <laughs> Carrie Campos to give you a we little update. Pre-announcement announcement. Pre-announcement announcement right, for right. the announcements before you get the announcement. These are the most important announcements. And that's just why we to make that clear. That's why we brought her in, folks. Right. Okay. So two announcement promos, whatever you want to call them. If you've followed our social media pages at all, you have seen that we've been advertising for a conference. So Thursday, February 28th. At 7 p.m., we are doing a conference about vaccines. The official title is Vaccinations, What Are Your Rights? Are Mandates Constitutional? So this, just a technical standpoint here, so you know, this is a online conference and a live in-person conference. And what that means is if you are in South Florida, you can attend this conference live. The address for that is 851 Southeast Johnson Avenue in Stewart. That's actually a church building, and they're graciously allowing us to host this event. And then, of course, if you're not in Florida, I'm sorry, first and <laughs> foremost, <laughs> um, you can attend online. Um, and so the best way to you have to register for that conference, and you can go to 1776truth.store, 1776truth.store to register. So whether you're attending live or online, you have to pre-register. And so really this conference, I mean, we can both little chat about it here. Yeah. Um, I just want to say my standpoint as a mom, as a human, <laughs> as a citizen, <laughs> I think when issues come up like this, whether hot button controversial issues, I think it is imperative that we do our own research, that yeah. we know all the ins and outs of what's being said by the media, what's being said by doctors, what's being said by natural doctors, and just take all in account and make this a well-informed decision. And that is a lost art in America. Absolutely. And and the big point for this is we're not telling people, you need to get vaccines yeah. or you need to not get vaccines. Right. The, the biggest part of it is a rounded out information, but especially about what are your rights. Right. You know, right. especially because mandatory vaccines are starting it's been the talk for a while but especially right. with covid it's coming out more of like mandatory, mandatory yeah it's mandatory. becoming a huge issue yeah and it's and as mike said it's not this conference is not necessarily our vaccines good or bad that's kind of up to you to you should know you should be informed you should do your own research it's more about what are our rights Ma mike's going to talk about what are the history of vaccines because that is a huge issue yeah. when you're thinking about stuff like this but even, and I said this before once, you take away the topic of vaccines, it's what does the government have the right to make yeah. you and me do? And it really is, what do they have the right for the better, for the common good of man? What do they have the right to force me to do in the name of the common good? And I, th I think that's a, a really big part of it is like individual rights. Yeah. Because we're, we're very constitution focused, very God-given rights. So yeah. in that, like, this is one of those social issues that we can cover and say, okay, how does this relate to your individual rights? Right. And it's, it's very important to understand, no, you have rights and autonomy over your body. Right. You know, it, and we can get into the history of the court cases and, and what happened and how suddenly in America at the turn of the 1900s, mm -hmm. 
they suddenly decided it's okay to force somebody to be injected with something. Right. You know, and, well, and yeah, so and we'll even taking the concept of the right that they give you, they give you a religious freedom, yeah. right? And I'm of the opinion, I it has nothing to do with my religious no. rights or my religious beliefs that I don't vaccinate my kids. Mm -hmm. You guys vaccinate your child. Yep. Be, I mean, that's what you decided to do. I'm not against that. That's what freedom is. But it has nothing to do with my religious belief. It's because that's what I choose. Isn't it? it, it and it almost <laughs> makes it almost like they give you a little teensy bit of freedom. But in that teensy bit of freedom, that's not freedom. Yeah. There's so much more than that. That's, you know what I mean? It's, go ahead. No, no, no. That's good because they, they railroad you into this little spot because I, I've honestly, I've itched on the whole religious exemption idea because it's like it should just be whether or not I want to do it. Yeah. It should not be I have to right. result or, or go to, oh, this is my religious right. exemption. Right. Because you know, then, I mean, be there's grounds it. to make you out to be kind of like, oh, you're and those that? compound <laughs> cult people that <laughs> live in a compound. And I promise we do not. No. Um, We're still okay. building the fence. So <laughs> yeah, we still got a lot of work to do on that compound. But okay, he's kidding. Totally kidding. Kidding. Okay. So February 28th, it is from, yes, I'm sorry, February 25th. Thursday, February 25th from 7 to 9 p.m. Again, you can attend live if you are in South Florida or visiting beautiful, sunny Florida. Come on um, down. Yep. 851 Southeast Johnson Avenue in Stewart, Florida. Or you can attend live. It will be broadcast live online. Um, so again, register at 1776truth.store. And total side note, at 1776truth.store, you can get yourself some beautiful, beautiful clothing. Highly fashionable. <laughs> just a side note. Heck um, yeah. Um, and a hat. Oh, you're not wearing her hat. No, Anyways, I'm not today. okay. So the next announcement is promo is just. And I know Massey says this all the time. Um, if you would like to support Self Evident, we our main support comes through a monthly support base, and we have a number of people supporting us monthly. And we're simply praying that God will grow that base, and He is, and we're thankful, and we're just simply laying at that at your feet to prayerfully consider becoming a monthly sponsor. And what that does is it really helps us do everything we do it. I mean, we're on the road starting in March. Mike's coming on to be one of our main speakers along mm -hmm. with Massey. Um, he'll be speaking throughout Ohio. I mean, all the places that we, we're just doing events. And the main end day goal is to bring people to the knowledge of Christ. We can talk about all this, our rights, our freedom, but it all starts with the knowledge of Christ and the salvation of Christ. And so that's the main thing. And then going from there, getting them understanding the history, the biblical foundation, our constitution, you know, our entire message, if you've watched us for any amount of time. So if you would prayerfully be, uh, consider becoming a monthly sponsor, that would be amazing. You can either message us on Facebook, reach out to Massey and I, many of you have our phone numbers. You can, the main way to do it is go to theselfevidenttruth.com, theselfevidenttruth.com and sign up online. So boom, I would drop my mic, but <laughs> Boom. <laughs> That's it. I'm out. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Carrie. Yes. Appreciate it. Um, Noelle, you asked, do you have to take the get vaccine if your job asks you to? Uh, this is something that we'll get into is like the difference between the private sector and the government, because there it's pretty gray ground on the whole idea because businesses can determine certain standards of what they're going to hire and what they're not going to hire that idea. Um, but it's something we'll get into more. So be sure to sign up for the conference and we'll cover that in specifics because 
I want to make sure that the research I do for that is right. And so I don't want to give you an answer and then go back and find that the research is different. Now, most of what happens a lot of times with this stuff is that they decide, well, you know, it's a private business. They can act how they want to act until you get into certain specifics. Then suddenly, well, you know, you, you as a business, you can't do that. So we'll cover it more. Um, let's get into this. I want you guys also be sure to post where you're from, post a like, post a share, post a comment. Let me know where you're watching from, all of that, uh, because this is something that we love to know where everybody's at. And if you have specific questions, please let us know. And just like your question, well, if we don't know or we're not sure, I'll be honest and say, you know what? I'm not quite sure about that. Let me look into it more. But most of the time we know the answers because we're just that smart, aren't we? Right, Kristen? <laughs> Kristen gave a thumbs up. She's off camera. She's not going to allow that. Um, outlaw conservatism. So here we go. This is what we're covering today. Why are we covering this? Because honestly, last week we had an issue where we wanted to cover all the Biden stuff that was going on. And that really took up all of our time. And that's fine. But I think this stuff is so important for us to cover because one of the things is I am a news junkie. And I love news and it's kind of an addiction. And I don't want you guys to have to be a news junkie. Uh, but one of the advantages of being a news junkie is you get exposed to a lot of different stories across a lot of different areas. And one of the things that I've noticed, especially in, in different social areas, is what is happening to the conservative. And as things are moving forward, you can start to get a trend or a pattern that is really growing. And I'm sure if you're a conservative, you've recognized this, especially in the past, what, five, 10 years. But especially now, it seems to be ramping up and it seemed to really switch during the whole capital insurrection thing, whatever you want to call it. And that seemed to be perfect opportunity for them. It seemed to be that perfect opportunity where they could finally say, okay, see, you're dangerous. We're going to run with this. Now, it doesn't mean that it wouldn't have happened anyways, but if the opportunity presents itself, as Rahm Emanuel said, you know, never let a good crisis go to waste. Well, this is the crisis. And what we're going to cover is some of the domestic terrorism stuff that's going on and the bill that's getting pushed through. And you're going to find that they really are turning their sights on conservatives. Now, they use the cloak of white supremacy, but they call Trump a white supremacist. They call Gadsden flag supporters a white supremacist. They call Christian conservatives white supremacists. They call pretty much everybody a white supremacist. So just because they use that term, that's just the label that they can throw everybody in. And I actually have a quote tonight from John Brennan, former head of the CIA, which really puts it all in perspective, which you would think somebody who's, who's so used to the spy game would be a little bit more subtle unless he's trying to put people on notice. And we will see that he's kind of putting people on notice. So we have the Capitol insurrection. The, can we put quotes on that? Insurrection, right? You know, some people walked through the velvet ropes. And yes, there was some, some heavier stuff that happened. But either way, no matter what, no matter what happened, we're in today, right? They used that event. And they used it to ramp up thumping and silencing conservatives. 
it's going to get worse. And I'm not trying to be that extreme guy, that that psycho Alex Jones type guy, you know. And what I'm trying to tell you is let's look at the signs and see where things are headed because I am a student of history. I'm not boasting about that. I'm just saying I am a student of history. I love history. And you recognize signs in a culture and society of where things are headed. And guess what? This is where things are headed because the process that we're going through is exactly what Maoism followed. Now, I'm not saying all these people are Maoists. I I think it's actually more of a satanic movement in a direction. But just stick with me. Any oppressive social movement uses these means, which I'm going to show to you, where all of a sudden an entire political wing or philosophy is considered evil and it must be liquidated. Notice, we must stop this. We must oppress this. We must crush it now. This is just going to be a small sliver of those attitudes and actions. Then we'll talk about how you're going to combat this. So Trump supporters, MAGA, conservatives, people who like the Gazan flag, all of these will be lumped into this idea of domestic terrorism. So let's go to slide one. Originally, domestic terrorism was an idea of more homegrown terrorists in the sense of uh, Islam, Muslims, that kind of thing. But now it's it's quickly white supremacy, um, conservatives are getting pushed to the forefront. Now, the Biden administration had been urged to take a fresh look at domestic terrorism. Notice when this article was written, it was written back in November. So that term started getting pushed and pushed right away. And even before November, they, they had always accused Trump of being a an extremist and leading MAGA supporters who were extremists and pushing this narrative of they're dangerous people. And that capital event gave them what they needed. It gave them what they needed. Now, you could argue it was a false flag. You can argue it wasn't a false flag. I'm not here in that debate. It, it is what it is. We have to deal with what we've got now. So let's go to slide two. This article stated, President-elect Joe Biden, who has said he plans to make a priority of passing a law against domestic terrorism, has also been urged to create a White House post overseeing the fight against ideologically inspired violent extremists and increasing funding to combat them, according to people who have advised his team. A proposal for Biden's presidency's first 100 days, now with Mr. Biden's transition team for consideration, also calls for passing more red flag laws, right? Red flags for guns, which allows authorities to temporarily take guns from people deemed dangerous. Proposal was put forward by one of several working groups advising the Biden campaign and might not be implemented, a Biden spokesman said. When you put something forward and you talk about it and you say, we're going to do this, don't come around and tell me, but we're probably not going to do it because you are. You're going to find a way because it's exactly what you want to do. Don't don't wish wash. Okay. President-elect Biden said he supports red flag laws. Of course he does. He actually supports the, the banning of all firearm and firearm accessory sales online, and that's just the beginning. He supports the National Registry. We did a whole podcast episode on what he actually supports. He supports ending the Second Amendment. That's not extremist. That's exactly what his agenda pointed out. Just keep watching. Because especially the people he's got around him are the people who will push forward to get rid of the Second Amendment. So federal law defines domestic terrorism as dangerous and illegal acts intended to coerce the population or influence the government. This article says 
While it can be charged in some states, such as in an alleged plot by a private militia group to kidnap Michigan's governors, no generic federal crime exists. I want to cover that for a second. We never covered that. This plot, what never made mainstream news, because of course it wasn't convenient, was that these guys weren't conservative militiamen. They were actually anarchists. They were, they were actually supportive of Black Lives Matter. They weren't Trump supporters. They didn't like Trump. And so, but they quickly get lumped in because, hey, Whitmer is liberal. And so, therefore, anybody who's opposite her or, or wishing her ill must be a conservative. And it made it very convenient to use that term of militiamen. So when you dig a little bit deeper, you find out these weren't uh, conservative, con limited government, liberty-minded guys. These were anarchists, and and they were they were more in the realm of almost an Antifa type than anything. So pay attention to what you're told on this type of stuff. So slide three: the actual bill, the Domestic Terrorism Prevention Act of 2021. And I see we got some comments here. I'll uh, I'll get to those in a second. So I see you guys. Let's cover this first, and then I'll get to those. So the DTPA would authorize three offices, and then and then reading word for word because I want you to hear all of this. One each within the Department of Homeland Security, Department of Justice, Federal Bureau of Investigation. That's that's government wide, right? In in the branches, monitor, investigate, prosecute cases of domestic terrorism. Bill also requires these offices to provide Congress with joint biannual reports assessing the state of domestic terrorism threats with a specific focus on white supremacists. Based on the data collected, DTPA requires the offices to focus their resources on the most significant threats. It also codifies the Domestic Terrorism Executive Committee, which would coordinate with the United States attorneys and other public safety officials to promote information sharing and ensure an effective, responsive, organized joint effort to combat domestic terrorism. Legislation requires DOJ, FBI, DHS to provide training and resources to assist state, local, and tribal law enforcement agencies in understanding, detecting, deterring, and investigating acts of domestic terrorism and white supremacy. Notice they keep throwing in that term of white supremacy. They don't throw in the term black supremacy. They don't throw in the term Islamic domestic terrorism. They don't even throw in the term Christian terrorism, which doesn't really exist. But what they are throwing in is a task force to combat white supremacist infiltration of the uniformed services of federal law enforcement. They're telling you what they're focusing on. Quote, it's so dangerous, as you guys have been talking about. This is an issue that all Democrats, Republicans, independents, libertarians should be extremely concerned about, especially because we don't have to guess about where this goes or how this ends. Tulsi Gabbard, which I I am thrilled with where she's coming out on a lot of stuff. I've had other people say, well, she's changing and, you know, it, it's milk toast. I I see her as more principled than other people may. And I appreciate that she's standing firm on some of this stuff. And she has been very concerned about this Domestic Terrorism Prevention Act. And, and she's a Democrat. So it doesn't mean like she's even lining up with these conservative groups. She just recognizes this could be an issue. She continued, when you have people like former CIA director John Brennan openly talking about how he's spoken with or heard from appointees and nominees in the Biden administration who are already starting to look across our country for these types of movements similar to the insurgencies they've seen overseas. Now he's making that connection. He's saying... 
we're we're seeing something similar. What oppression and and bucking against oppression? <sighs> that in his words he says makes up. Hear this: this unholy alliance of religious extremists, racists, bigots. He lists a few others, and at the end, even libertarians. The libertarians, the live and let live people, they're the ones that are the most dangerous now. They are the extreme insurgents. Do you see how they just got lumped? Religious extremists, racist bigots. Oh, and those libertarians, those evil, horrible, awful people that are like, just don't bother me. I, I don't want to bother you. Now, I kind of swing between conservative and libertarian. I, I tend to have more of a traditional foundational view of things than libertarians do. Um, and I've, But at the same time, I completely value the idea of liberty in the libertarian movement. But for Brennan to single out the libertarians and say, these are the people you need to watch for. They're the ones who are going to tear you apart. It shows you where his head's at. And these are the people, <laughs> these are the people that are back in charge. So we have to understand where are they coming from? What are they thinking down? Now, I'm going to go to the comments first, and then I'm going to go to our next slide. Um, let's see what we got. Dean, I used to be a corpsman on board a cruiser. Thank you so much. Put this in perspective. We were three to care for 550 men. You say I have limited perception authority and have given thousands of vaccines over the years. No way I'm lying up to get a shot. No one knows what the long-term effects are. Just ask yourself why the big push over a virus to 99% survival rate, 10 to 15% that shot can permanently harm you, including death. Mainstream media doesn't point that out much from Northern Michigan. Thank you so much, man. And actually, I, I totally agree with you is my concern here. My concern is this idea of, and this is why we wanted to cover the whole vaccine thing. So remember, you can watch it online or you can go live if you're in the area. Our concern about vaccines is this idea that you have to get it, you better get it to save everybody else. Yet we don't understand the long-term effects, especially something that's only been created in the past six months. And you, you obviously have had a lot of experience in giving this and all of that. And when you are asking somebody to take risk in their own body, that has to be voluntary. And I actually, I can make an argument against the draft on this same argument, which they used the draft to prove the idea of mandatory vaccines. So, well, if, if you can be asked to die for your country, you can be asked to risk your health for the better of everybody else. And I buck against that because you have an individual liberty, a God-given individual liberty. And you should not be asked to risk your own body and health for other people. You should only be able to volunteer, volunteer it. Uh, Los Angeles, thank you so much. That's awesome. Florida Keys, I, Jason, I have got to get down to the Florida Keys. So um, I'm going to let you know if I'm down there because I need to know what's good, what's bad out there. I'm from Michigan. I've never been down there. And everybody says, you got to go in and at least experience. So I'll keep you updated if I'm heading down there. Speaking of D.C., according to the arrest reports, most of the violent people that day were in Antifa. I have heard that. Um, I can neither confirm nor deny because I'm on Facebook and YouTube and 
you know how they work. So what I will say is, yeah, there's some questions about all of this. And I know at least two were verified Antifa agitators. Um, what happens if someone is a white supremacist? They actually probably don't really care about the person. Beside the fact that now you're you're ideologically testing people. You're now determining an ideological test. Well, you're allowed to have this view, but not that view. Because the question is, are you actually committing violence for that ideology or not? We can turn it into a religion thing. Somebody's allowed to have beliefs in this country. The question is, does that person actually move forward in a violent way with those beliefs? And we can't just determine, well, that belief automatically moves a person to violence. And I'm not defending white supremacists. You, you guys know this. You guys are sensible. I'm not defending a white supremacist idea. All I'm saying is they're allowed to have that. And the way to correct that is for us to actually have a conversation. And one of the most uh, one of the most successful people at turning men out of the KKK was a black man. He was a, a, a blues guitarist and happened to be playing in the South and come across one KKK member and got to be friends, didn't even realize who he was, all of that. And from there on, he started turning guys out of it. He had conversations. He didn't get them arrested. He didn't get them thrown in jail for a lifetime. He went out and he conversed and he connected and he built relationships, showed them, look, I'm not who you think I am. And I know other people like me that are not like you think I am. And when we start to oppress, it's not because we're going to actually make things right. It's because we want the dominance of one idea. And that's what's going on right now. And I can connect it to the whole Marxism thing, the communism thing. We can go that route if we really want to, but that's not where I want to go tonight. I just want to point out ideologies, they can become oppressive. And that's why the idea and philosophy and belief system of liberty is so vital to be preeminently over everything else, because then that keeps things in, in level. But when we have conversations and we have people starting to speak out like the way they are, we're running into issues. And let's go to slide four. This will show exactly where we're at. So Pelosi, who I question, um, <laughs> I question her stability at the moment because she seems to be getting worse on all this stuff. But she calls Republicans enemies within the Capitol. That is not unifying language. She said, I do believe, and I have said this all along, that we will probably need a supplemental for more security for members when the enemy is within the House of Representatives, a threat that members are concerned about in addition to what is happening outside. And we'll cover one of those members in a second. Pelosi told reporters Thursday, when asked to clarify what she meant by the enemy, because even the reporters were like, wait, you're talking about, no, you couldn't, are you? But she says it means that we have members of Congress who want to bring guns on the floor and have threatened violence on other members of Congress. I want you to show me where they threatened violence. Not hearsay, not I'm going to determine what your intentions were with no proof. I want to hear where they actually said, we want to commit violence on the other side. Because I've heard it a lot from one side. I've heard it a lot, but I haven't heard it from the other side. 
So she's not just stating they're not trustworthy. She's stating they are actually enemies. As this divisiveness continues, and you've seen this in Latin America, you've seen this in the Soviet Union, in China, you see it in Hong Kong now. When you get a party that is looking to control everything, they will create enemies out of the other party. And especially you think about what happened in Latin America and has happened over and over, over and over and over again is you end up turning the other guy, the other into the enemy. And that's what's going on right now. Prove me wrong. Slide five, AOC and Cruz. AOC tweets this out. She stated, I'm happy to work with Republicans on this issue where there's common ground. And I believe it was the whole GameStop thing that she was talking about. But you almost had me murdered three weeks ago. So you can sit this one out. She's talking to Cruz. Because she made a tweet. Cruz said, I agree. This is what she said. You almost had me murdered three weeks ago. Happy to work with almost any other GOP that aren't trying to get me killed. If you want to help, you can resign, which she's been calling on him and Holly to resign. Hey, OC, look in the mirror. A lot of people have brought this up, but it was your direct words that incited somebody to believe that ICE detention centers were like concentration camps. So if you're going to point that finger to Cruz, you better be pointing at yourself. It was your words. You were the one who called them concentration camps. Now, do I actually hold that responsibility on you? No, because everybody is an individual. Everybody has their own individual responsibility. But the thing is, if you start crossing that road and you start deciding that I'm going to start blaming people for another's intention purely be by their own, my own made up idea of what their intentions are, then we've got to go both ways. You don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Nobody wants to do that. But if we fight that game, you guys are going to find there's a lot of that that goes both ways. And this this isn't going to stop, guys. That's that's the thing that I'm trying to get across here is this is not going to stop. It's not going to die down. They sense blood. They smell it in the water. They're going to go harder. And so we're going to talk about at the end of this how to combat this, how to continue forward, how to make progress on this whole thing. Because it's not over yet. And it won't be over yet. And we can continue. The question is, are we, do we have the courage to stand up in the face of uh, insults and oppression and persecution and whatever you want to call it? You may say that word sounds heavy, persecution, but I'm going to cover a couple of things that really start to get into the realm of that. So let's go to slide six. Florida man, of course, the Florida man arrested for memes, 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 who's arrested for memes, 10 years, he's looking at 10 years for this. So according to the DOJ, starting in at least 2015, Mackie participated in numerous group DMs. These groups, which at times include dozens of individuals, at times had overlapping membership, served as forums for the participants to share, among other things, their views concerning how to best influence the election. I wonder if Clinton was in on those DMs and those forums. Hey, does anybody know where I can get a dossier? I, I got money. I'll pay. Among other things, Mackie and the members of these groups used the group DMs to create 
refine and share memes and hashtags that members of the groups would subsequently post and distribute. Dangerous. This man and a group of others, they start a campaign of memes. Okay, and these these memes were a way to politically sway, but they were also kind of like tongue in cheek, like, hey, idiots, like, are, are you dumb enough to do this? And one of them, some of them were including memes that connected Hillary Clinton to sending women into combat, which it was the Democrats who argued you should send women into combat. The most dastardly one that they did was telling people to text in their vote. Now, if you've ever voted before, you probably know you can't vote on text, but that may be coming next election because, hey, we're going to expand mail-in ballots. Why not, guys? Why not? Thing is, the number the text was sent to was controlled by a Clinton campaign wing. So it wasn't like it was going anywhere. Anyways, they respond to each text with, the ad you saw was not approved by iVision Mobile or Hillary for America in any way. To opt into the real HFL list, text HFA. So the DOJ was arguing they're tampering with votes. The thing is, as soon as the person texted it, they got a, this isn't a real thing. Stop it. Other people were doing this and trying to influence Trump supporters to text in their vote. Nothing's happened with them. This man is facing 10 years for tampering with an election. Once again, that whole one-sided thing. Memes, memes, memes. Anyways, <laughs> let me see. Um, let's see what we got. Slide seven. So this is another thing that I wanted to talk about. So what you're going to see is you're going to see people that, and, and I'm sure you've noticed it. People have started to get knocked out of their job, fired. We saw it with the Capitol riot stuff where people were getting fired purely because they were there. And lately, and I forgot to add this in and, and we'll get to slide seven in a sec, Kristen. Um, I forgot to add this in, but I wanted to add in something where there was a literary agent who actually was just fired because she was on Gab and Parlor. So she had tweeted out months ago, hey, guess what, everybody? I'm on Gab and Parlor. Cool, right? And somebody saw it, of course, progressive, sent a tweet to this woman's employer, uh, the literary agency. And the agency came back right away and said, we will take we will take swift action on this basically the next day this woman was fired purely for being on parlor and gap so the question is what are you doing and what are you a part of that could get you fired and i need to ask you that because you need to be aware and ready if that happens cuz it may just happen look i know where i work they're good about sloughing off feedback and everything and honestly, if I got fired for this, it would be okay. I don't mind. I understand. Look, you want to save your business, whatever. I think it's wrong. It'll all die out. But you do what you got to do. But more and more as you see, so this actually gets into the whole Great Reset thing. And I'm, I'm going to go on a tangent. I hope you guys don't mind. Great Reset. We talked about stakeholder capitalism. And Klaus Schwab pushed this idea of stakeholder capitalism. What is stakeholder capitalism? It's where profit is not your only goal. It's everybody else's priorities are now your goals. What happens when that happens is now you're not just listening to what the, the dollar results say. You're listening to what your employees say, what your investors say, what your vendors say, what your customers say, and you've got all of this stuff. And stakeholder capitalism 
The problem with it is you get competing interests and competing goals that end up tearing a company apart. And so what you're seeing now is you're seeing get those racist, white supremacist, conservatives out of your company. And the employees are the ones saying this. Ben Shapiro just wrote an article for Politico, and it was mass hysteria about the whole thing. Everybody was freaking out. I can't believe you let Ben Shapiro write an article. If he is your example of a extreme white supremacist, you really haven't been outside your bubble. But they blew up, and this stuff is happening more and more. And this example, so let's go to slide seven. So a, a baby sleep expert, Kara Dumaplin, sorry, Kara, I don't know how to say your last name. She was doxxed and boycotted for supporting Trump, purely for supporting Trump. And people are now saying she's not fit to give baby sleep advice because, hey, guess who she voted for? So Jamie Grayson, a fellow parenting influencer, don't contact, don't reach out, don't do anything right. I I don't want to give them back to me. Oh, you're, you know, sending your mobs after. Just leave it be. Grayson tweeted a screenshot of the FEC record showing that Kara had done the unthinkable. She and her husband donated to former President Trump's campaign. Let me... Let me point that out to you. So a competitor, a fellow influencer, goes into the FEC public records and determines that the other competitor donated to a Trump campaign and therefore puts it out. What do you think this person thought was going to happen? Of course they thought that, hey, I can get a mob going after this one and, and that'll take her out and then I'll grow. And I'm sure there was spite just because it was a Trump supporter. So now we're using a political vote to take out competition. Guys, is that really where we want to go? We're being told unity, 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 unity. Is this unity? So if you are a liberal, I really want to ask you, is this really where you want things to go? And you can't just say, well, don't vote for Trump and it won't happen because they're coming for you too because you're not extreme enough. And it's the extremists that win in this type of thing. There's an old story, which I actually told my young adults one time, that in the Soviet Union, during a Stalin speech, everybody was afraid to stop clapping. Now, why was that? Because the person who stopped first was considered not enthusiastic enough for the party. And when you're in a system like that, what happens is those who aren't enthusiastic enough, those who aren't extreme enough, those who aren't pure enough, they get done away with. And the original starters of a revolution are the first ones to get lined up against the wall because they're loose ends. They're the useful idiots. And so if you sit and you say, well, it's not happening to me, so it's okay, you're next. Because at some point, you won't be extreme enough for the extremists. And I guarantee you there will be somebody who comes out who's more extreme than AOC. Actually, we saw it in Portland. We saw under the, the, the mayor, mayoral election, the person running against Ted Wheeler was an Antifa, Antifa uh, member. Super extreme. She was. She was super extreme. She barely lost, too. And she made Ted Wheeler look like a tight conservative by comparison. And so these extremists will always come out and they'll come forward and, and they'll be worse and worse and worse. And everybody to the right of them 
which could include our old extremists from 10 years ago, they'll be the ones that end up getting betrayed. And you have to wake up because sooner or later, you got to realize the system isn't working for you. It's working against you. There were people in the gulags who thought they were sent to the gulag because the Communist Party was always right. They couldn't possibly fathom that the Communist Party had done some ill towards them. They would... A lot of them thought, the, these communist purists, thought that something wrong had happened. Uh, they did, they'd made a mistake. It'll get worked out. It'll be okay. No, you're there for numbers. You're there for quotas. You're there because somebody knew it was either them or you. You're there because somebody needed an advancement. And this type of system is a blood-sucking system where everybody turns and stabs each other in the back just to make sure they're safe. And... This baby sleep expert, that type of stuff, we're only one, two steps in. This is just the beginning. And don't be surprised if a couple years down the road, Grayson gets completely doxxed, completely blown out of the water because Grayson didn't do enough for the next extreme candidate. So Vox question, which Vox.com, V-O-X, question whether influencers and celebrities should be held accountable for their political opinions. You no longer allowed your political opinion. Under Biden, a presidency, will influencers and celebrities be able to skate by without speaking out about political issues just because Trump is no longer in the White House? Notice, just because he's not in the White House doesn't mean we have to be politically pure. Will they be held accountable by the followers who make their livelihoods possible? Far left website Salon took the question of accountability to a whole new level. Predatory providers whose actions are not supportive of all families and cause harm to vulnerable communities don't deserve our protection or our sympathies. Despite all the protestations of cancel culture, notice this, that are disingenuously thrown out to circumvent accountability. Disingenuous. So as we're canceling you, you're being disingenuous about this. Really, you should be held accountable for what you believe. So that's not the definition of cancel culture then. Maybe, perhaps, the definition of cancel culture is you're canceled for what you believe. We're all going to turn on you because you believe something. Let's look at the comments quick, just to get an idea. Third generation veteran. Thank you, Dean. Friends de died defending this country. I believe in freedom of speech too, Dean, and I thank you so much for your service. Uh, Fort Pierce, Carol, how you doing? Good to see you. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I know uh, it's it's more of a dynamic with Massey here, but I thank you for, for watching. I know uh, we've got some people at church so that are going through church, so that's where Massey is tonight. So we'll be sure to send this to them too. Don't forget to share. Give a couple of seconds. I want you to share this. I want you to get this out, especially because the topic it is, I'm sure the algorithms are pushing it down a little bit, um, but we're going to beat it. We're going to move forward. So speaking of social media, don't forget, Google gets sued to get rid of other platforms such as Telegram. This is what happened with Parler, the whole thing. They decide Parler is too dangerous. Well, now Google's getting pressured to do it to other ones like Telegram. Um, they have community standards that will quickly align with this new domestic terrorism bill. So you have the Facebook's community standards. In effort to prevent and disrupt real-world harm, do not allow any organizations or individuals that proclaim a violent mission or engaged in violence to have a presence on Facebook. This includes organizations or
individuals following terrorist activity, organized hate, and then mass murder, human trafficking, organized violence. We also remove content that expresses support or praise for groups, leaders, or individuals involved in these activities. Notice they talk about violence, yet isn't it funny that tons of trading groups after the whole GameStop thing got removed? They don't stand to these these standards. And organized hate, terrorist activity, domestic terrorism is now considered terrorist activity. Your activity is now considered terrorist activity. This is probably considered terrorist activity. So get it while it's hot, guys. Listen while you can. Probably going to get shut down pretty soon here. The AP article, Department of Homeland Security, issued a national terrorism bulletin Wednesday warning of the potential for lingering violence from people motivated by anti-government sentiment after the election. Do you see where this train is going? Mind you, they were talking about the the 50, uh, 50 state protests at all the capitals. Nothing ever came of it. But they built it up. They said, oh, this is dangerous. Why is it that we still have so many troops in D.C.? And I've heard the different theories. There are some theories that it's it's to arrest everybody. Some theories that it's basically a dictatorship control. Let's watch. Let's see what happens. So based on the current attitude towards conservatives, Facebook community standards. How long is it, guys, until we can expect to be shut down on the platform if Trump supporters are essentially being called terrorists? The MAGA Trump supporters are now considered terrorists at this point. Conservatives are fundamentally anti-government, anti-big government. We're limited government people. So, of course, as the government grows and needs to protect its power, they're going to turn around and say, oh, those people are dangerous because they don't want us here. They don't want Big Brother here. Language is important. It's going to be used against conservatives. So Instagram's owned by Facebook. We're going to talk about Instagram a little bit. Therefore, their community standards look very similar. If the basis okay, for removing conservative content up until now has been hate speech and inciting violence, notice how grand those terms are. They're, they're, they're so big. They're massive. They're, they cover everything. How much more can we expect this to rise to what will be called domestic terrorists? Think about it. Trump was considered inciting violence by saying, let's march down and peacefully protest. Let them have your voices heard. Even your unsent messages can now be used against you on Instagram. So if your unsent messages go against the community standards, they can still be included in a report. They're collecting information on you at all times. And that's something you have to be aware of, is if you're using these social media uh, platforms, You have to be aware that you are being watched at all times and everything's being recorded. So just be careful. Now, if you don't care, kind of like what we tend to do, so be it. Just be ready that that can come against you. You can be banned. You can be shut down. You can be closed off. And this is going to get into what the answers are to this whole thing. When we get involved, and we're going to round this out, the way to get involved in all of this. Now, the... First off, we need to invest our church back into society. The church has to be a part of society. We can't stand in the four walls anymore because those walls are crushing us. We have to move outside those walls. You say, well, it's a big world. How do we do it? Church has constantly and continuously separated itself from society. What do we have to show for that? 
we've allowed society to run rampant on us and close in on us. We don't have much to show for it at this point. So now it's time for us to gird up our loins, to pull up our pants and go out and actually do something and have an effect on the rest of the world, have an effect on that society and culture around you. If the church is well connected at the local level, we've instituted responsible and honorable leadership. How many times will the church get messed with? If the church is the one that's directly involved in choosing its local leadership, its local school board, its sheriffs, how many times will it get messed with? If you know you have your brothers in those offices, you have to start from the ground up. And this is why when the church says we can't get political, we got to stay out of it, you are sealing your own coffin. You're writing your own death warrant because what you're saying is wicked men, evil men have a right to be in politics. Godly men and righteous men do not have a right to be in politics. Does that sound right to you? Instead, what we should be saying is we as a church are going to determine who we want representing us in our government. We as a church are going to determine who we want on our school, school boards. We're going to determine who is our sheriff and protects us constitutionally. When the church gets this at the local level, and it's as easy as sitting down with your pastor and pointing out to him why this is, is so important for us to actually care, we can start shifting things. Because to shift the federal level, to shift the national or the global level, you have to start at home. So if we start at the ground up and we start to educate the next generation, these generations will then move forward and start to change things. And when you look at what the other side has done on all of this, they have been active for decades upon decades in all of these pillars, and they have taken them all. But that doesn't mean that we can't either A, get them back or do our own. Why can't we start supporting Christian schools more? Why can't we start our own private schools and support them more? Why can't we homeschool our children and defend laws that protect homeschooling? We can do that. And we can start to shift that tide. We can start to show by our example and by our, our discussions and by our conversations and our walk that we have more peace and stability. And once we have control of our local areas and our communities all over, we can start infiltrating and infesting the bigger cities. What would it look like for the churches from the suburbs and the local small communities to start going into the inner cities? The places where the, the, the progressive side has taken for granted for decades. Throw just enough money, throw a couple buildings at them, and they'll keep voting for us. Tell them we have a new program on the way, they'll be ours. When instead, we, as local churches, as suburb churches, as, as small community churches, could be investing money and time into the churches in the inner city and participating in programs with them and getting to know them as brothers and sisters. See, money won't do you much good. Money is the easiest way to ignore a problem. So... When I was living in Wisconsin, our church themselves, they, they did a lot with missions programs. And one of the things that our pastor said that they learned was money won't do anything. Instead, what you have to do is you have to actually go to the community and you have to tell the community leaders 
We will fund the project, but you guys have to do the work. You have to dig the trenches. You have to pour the concrete. You have to set up the structures. You have to do the plumbing. You have to do the electricity. You have to do all of it. We'll buy your, your materials. We'll help you out with that, but you must do the work. And what they found was that it was much more successful and the people took care of those buildings in those areas much more than they did if we just came in, threw money at the problem and said, okay, it's built, go for it, do what you need to do. And so it's time and investment that we have to start doing. Now on the business side of things, everybody's saying, well, we need to create our own. Yes, we do. I guarantee you there are very brilliant conservative IT people out there, computer programmers, software engineers, network guys. Why are we not developing our own servers, our own systems? Why are we not developing our own competitor against Amazon? Well, they're so big. They get stale. Is the East India Trading Company still around? GE is still around, but is GE the powerhouse that it was before? Look, every major big, massive corporation has their rise, and then they have their slump. Some of them, they, they still continue on, right? But it doesn't mean there's not room for a competitor. Now, you'll say regulations, squeezing out the competitors. This gets back to the political sphere. Who are our local leaders? Our local leaders help us to influence the state leaders. The state leaders help us to influence the national leaders. It's big, but I have hope, guys. You want to know why I have hope? Because if they can do it, so can we. If they can make these moves, if they can make those changes, they knew the long game, we can do the long game. And we can actually be better at it. You want to know why? Because we're not beholden to the type of ideas that they have, which are oppressive, which are, are crushing, which end up sucking soul out of people. If I give you all of the money that you need and I say, just sit at home and eat Cheetos, do you have more soul in 10 years or do you have less? Do you have more vigor and energy or less? Who do you think had more energy and vigor during the, the 1800s? The people sitting in their comfy parlor in New York City or the guys that were out West trying to discover the wilderness, trying to claim the land? We have that individual spirit, and it's a God-given individual spirit that we can work with. God is the God of creation. Why is it that we as conservatives and Christians have sat down and decided, well, all creativity and the good stuff, that's all going to go to Satan. It's going to go to the world. The world does the best stuff. We're just going to copy what they do. Don't get me, don't get me started on pop Christian music. Please, we should be able to explore, create, and, and play in the game of treasure hunt that God's given us. It used to be that Christians were the greatest explorers, the greatest scientists, the greatest musicians, the greatest artists, because we were inspired by the love of God. We we're inspired by our creator who had created all this. And we said, I want to just do a sliver of that, Lord. We can do that. And it might not be my generation, but darn it, I'm going to do what I need to do to make sure the next generation has a chance and that they see what God can see in them.
they see the potential that God has created for them and that they go out and they say, it doesn't matter if I'm Christian or not. I love the Lord. I'm going to show what kind of creativity the Lord has given me. I'm going to explore because I know God is with me. I'm going to find new things. I'm going to create new things. I'm going to start new systems. I'm going to compete because I know I have the Lord on my side. That's when you'll start knocking down Goliaths. Is when you step out and you say, I've got God with me. Notice David didn't tremble with the rest of the armies. He looked at Goliath. He's like, he's insulting my God. He's done. He's toast. Don't let them insult your God. Don't let them tell you that you can't do anything. Don't let them tell you that you can't go into schools and talk about who God is. Don't let them tell you that you can't be a Christian and be in office because they're starting to. You now have religious tests. But when Biden's a president, he's a devout Catholic. Amy Coney Barrett, extremist. Notice that? So closing out, I'll take a look at the comments first before we close out. Carol Hayes, Nancy Pelosi's fear of loss, control and power. Yep, absolutely. Um, I'm losing the feed. Are you guys, if you guys are still there, let me know. Uh, I'll keep going either way. Um Rig Nation is developing their own server. Great Christian ministry in the UK. I will check out their app, Carol. We will definitely check out their app. So I'm going to wind this up. I don't know if we're still on. Hopefully we're still on YouTube. Told you, probably going to get banned. But do not forget, guys, to sign up for the live conference. Sign up for it. This is going to be good. We're going to cover a lot of topics in, in the realm of of uh cool carol you still see me it must just be my computer we're going to talk a lot about in the realm of vaccines do not forget to go to 1776truth.store buy some merch guys help support us wear some stuff you know it's cool when when you get interested looks at the t-shirt that says something like make america constitutional again i've i've had several like nobody's come up to me directly yet which is interesting but those far off comments or those looks and it's usually supportive. And, and so you, you change things when you, when you wear something that, that shows what you believe and you stand for. And let us know if you have questions, you have topics you want us to talk about. Don't forget, we'll be here next week. We're going to continue this. We're going to keep going because that's all we can do. Because I'm not going to sit down. I, it's fire in my bones. I can't help but speak out and talk about this stuff. And we'll have Massey here. Next week, Carol, will there be a Q&A at the conference? Yes, there will. So we will get your questions answered there. So without further ado, uh, link for conference. If you go to 1776truth.store, you can sign up there. 1776truth.store, be sure to sign up at the website. So that being said, I love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to share this. Click the like button. Make a comment. Sign up and subscribe to our other social media platforms. We are on SoundCloud, iTunes. We're on YouTube. We were on Parlor. If that ever shows back up, we'll be there again. Keep an eye out for us. I love you guys. Have a great night.